0: You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin.
1: Last year, I spoke with T.A. about Taiwan's civil defense prepared list in episode 178. This was a hot topic of discussion in Taiwan after Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022. It made the military threat that the people of Taiwan face from the People's Republic of China very real. A year has passed since Russia's invasion, and I wanted to bring TH back for a follow-up conversation about this and how the government and people of Taiwan have adjusted and continue to deal with the situation there. We also touched upon some recent news stories in Taiwan that are related to the topic of Internet security. Next week, we'll be sharing the second part of my interview with TH about AI. We'll be talking about ChatGPT, Baidu's chatbot Ernie, and what concerns in particular that Taiwan should have about AI. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by Natoa, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. Natoa was founded in 1988, and its mission is one to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity. 2. To oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality. 3. To fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs. 4. To contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan. Five to reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NADWA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Th.
0: Yes, I'm glad to be back as well.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. The last time we had you on, we were talking about civil defense and Russians' invasion of Ukraine had um, just happened and people were really concerned about civil defense. And it's hard to believe, but a year has passed since the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine. And um, so I thought maybe we could start talking about some reflections of what's happened since then. I do know that on March 3rd, you did a talk for New Blue magazine about what lessons Taiwan could take from uh, what's happened in Ukraine. I'm sure it's yeah. hard to summarize, <laughs> but could you highlight some things maybe you'd like to share with my audience?
0: Well, I'm glad to. Uh, I think uh, because, uh, well, a year has passed, just like uh, Felicia has said, that uh uh, I think the status of uh, civil defense is uh, pretty much on the change because of, uh, people feel, feel that the uh, threat is coming in. But uh, I think for last year, because of the war lasted uh, for... Uh, the war in Ukraine it will last even longer than a year, right? So now here in Taiwan, most of the people are back to their normal life. On the other side, I think the government has uh, some plans to get Taiwan to be prepared. So that's a, there's a long list of action items to do. On the other side, because uh, most of us are civilians, so we do uh, I think the, the general population here or the, those who cared about uh, this uh, threat, long-term threat, uh, they're much better prepared than before. But, but having said that, it's still not a uh, I would say it's not still on the priority list of people because, uh, you know, when it's, the disaster is there yet. Visible part of that is not yet, but you will see that there are a lot of uh, emerging groups coming out. Uh, they get a lot of attention, and at the same time, uh, the military had uh, some reform plans uh, as well uh, concerning civil defense, because uh, uh, the armed forces is really uh, quite a, a big part of a uh, defense uh, for one. So the uh, military has tried to establish uh, an interface. Uh, for the military and the civil society, I uh, get some training for the new conscripts. So it will start uh, rolling out next year, 2024. Uh, I'll see that uh, as a good thing. So that's uh, the the general trend, right? Right here, with a lot of more details, anyway.
1: I thought I heard that they were going to lengthen the time of military service. Has that been finalized?
0: Well, it, it's been finalized. It's announced uh, early yeah. this year. So the conscription mm-hmm. will be extended to a mm-hmm. full year. Back it was three years, right. and then cut it down to two years, and then it will be extended to a full year. Yeah, so it's which is much better.
1: Right. <laughs> and I've also been hearing that there's been a lot of proposed changes to what's called Taiwan's Mobilization Act, two items that was widely reported in the news that the government could take control of the media during wartime, and the second would be to mobilize people from the age of 16 years old. And above, to
0: um, it's a, it's a bit intriguing because the law exists there for many decades. It is a, mm-hmm. a legacy of a martial law era, but it's not yes. really practiced, it's not executed at all uh, because you're facing. But the way uh, the government realized the society was way different uh, before than now because uh, well, we're, right. we're pretty much under martial law, but now is that uh, Taiwan is a democratic society. You cannot do that anymore. So there need to be a little bit of uh, tweaks in uh, existing laws and draft. So uh, the MND proposed uh, a draft version of that uh, at the very bad timing because they uh, proposed it, it a week uh, for, for public consultation, a week before the 228 massacre uh, anniversary. Which is probably it was probably the worst time it got. a so sensitive time. Yeah, way too sensitive. It got backfired a lot. <laughs> bad timing. Really bad timing. Sometimes you really yeah. care about. Uh, yes, we we do have a historical context. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point.
0: So so that, that that's basically get get backfired. And now the government says, oh, well, we'll we'll work on that, but not bad, not that soon, because uh, it's a uh, presidential election this year is coming in. Uh, yes, with less than a year. So it's a uh, it's quite mm-hmm. a uh, you know when you mess up with a thing like that, it's hard to bring it back, even though it's probably required.
1: As for the proposal of Taiwan's military that the Emergency Mobilization Act be changed so that 16-year-olds could be mobilized in a national emergency. It's raised some debate, but nothing has been decided yet. And is there anything else specifically you think that Taiwan can take away from what Ukraine is going through Mm -hmm. in dealing with the invasion uh, by Russia?
0: Well, I I think the first is... uh, you need the civil society. The whole society uh, is. You need to develop a whole society approach to protect yourself. And uh, armed force is only part of the equation. You need a society mm-hmm. in the middle class to support that. So I think that's also the lesson we've learned because uh, uh, you need the middle class to support uh, preparation, to donate, to invest, yeah, to vote, yeah, mm-hmm. for certain reforms in the military. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a big lesson we learn. It's not just the our forces—it's not just missiles and weapons and uh, ships there. So uh, then we we have a role to play as a civilian here. So that's a big thing to learn. And second thing, I uh, think for Taiwan people now realize much better than before—you uh, need allies very much. So we're seeing in the news that uh, while well, the U.S. and Taiwan, the both governments are discussing ways to. Uh, enhance our uh, training standards by bringing uh, U.S. Uh, personnel to come to Taiwan, starting from the, uh, uh, around maybe this uh, mid-year. So there will be 200 and 300 like U.S. active-duty military personnel coming to Taiwan to support training. Uh, that's a good thing. We mm-hmm. haven't seen that for uh, decades, or uh, after 1979. Yes. So uh, right. you need a, you need a good right. training. And, and the training, you have to do yes. that with your allies because you need to talk to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. You need to collaborate with the, each other. So you need to know each other's capacity. You need to build an interface and make it uh, 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 permanent, uh, uh, persistent. Yes. You can't, you can't just, uh, you yeah. know, everybody, you know, come for help and then they will come or you will go there. It's not going to work like that way. So that's another uh, big lesson we've learned. And also the civil society as well because we... Do have uh, almost like one million foreigners living in Taiwan right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to take care. And talk to uh, those who are coming from Japan. Yeah. So the people in Japan, they're like uh, in Ukraine. You, you, they uh, they're receiving a lot of uh, support and disaster relief from Poland or NATO uh, member countries. So I think it's it's uh, a year around. Uh, this time, uh, we focus more on internal preparedness, but now it's a, a little bit uh, shifted to establish trust between partners uh, and build those platforms engage uh, engage with these uh, partners as well. It's also a, a big lesson for us. You, yes.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's an interesting point because um, that should be leveraged the um, foreigners here, especially if they are from countries that have uh, that are Taiwan's allies, or um, so there. It's a natural bridge. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And then people and people said that it's not a Taiwan problem anymore. It's a regional problem. It's a world problem because uh, mm-hmm. like submarine cables cut in, the, in the world, around Taiwan. It's going to affect uh, a lot of people from Japan to Singapore.
1: (laughs) Yes, I wanted to talk to you about that too, because it's sort of related, right? Also in the news, uh, the submarine internet cables between Matsu and the main island of Taiwan were cut and people uh, lost internet connection. And I understand that it's something like the 25th time in five years?
0: In five years, it's uh, it's very... uh, Yeah, yeah. High frequency. It shouldn't be like that. It just shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, while yeah. Uh, it, it broke out in the news, uh, a lot of Western media, so people care about this as well. But I think we, uh, first as a, a citizen on mainland Taiwan, uh, we said that because uh, uh, two cables are, were cut. And before two big, uh, those two cables were cut, uh, uh, actually early this year, we, uh, submarine cables connecting vietnam to the world they have five mm-hmm. and four got cut as oh. well oh, part okay. to uh, the event happened in mazu so uh mm. this region uh we're seeing a lot of disruptions and that's why it's uh all the cable ships uh are fully booked to repair uh, those uh, cables in vietnam so they couldn't come to taiwan on time oh, so people there they have to wait two or three months to get their internet back
1: oh was it that long wow so yes what, what so what do people do in the meantime and so this is a good exercise and also could make you reflect true, if true. something like this happened in times of war like what would yeah where
0: yeah. it was cut or even a major disaster a big typhoon big yeah. earthquake yeah, right. it, it, it happens like that way so uh, mm-hmm. i think uh first uh on the first week because uh Mazu, we have around maybe twelve thousand uh, residents there. It's mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a big, uh, it, it it didn't make it to the national headline. <laughs> but then, because people mm-hmm. there complained, they they couldn't even book a flight ticket. They have no internet connection, and oh. uh, because it's springtime, uh, for Mazu tourism is very important. They couldn't, yeah. rece- they, they just couldn't receive gas. So. Uh, a lot of people complain. They travel to Taiwan. They, they protest in the Congress. So it made the news, made to the the headline. And then the government responded by first uh, they uh, provided a microwave transmission, like a satellite, big satellite dish, ground satellite dish stations. Oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. uh, so people mm-hmm. at least they've uh, restored 20 to 25 percent of a uh, press uh, capacity. So then people could. At least, <laughs> yeah, you know, connect to the internet. Maybe not browse, maybe not watch YouTube or Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's a it's a broadband internet, right? It's a, it's, a, it's not not yeah. going to be like that. And, but at least they could receive email. They could make a a, yeah. a voice call. It, it it wasn't even possible to make a voice voice call wow. when it was cut for. Uh, I see. Maybe yes. So it's a, it's a it's a really a nightmare for people there because it hasn't happened. Uh, Before, It's the first time.
1: And now it's time for a short break. Talking Taiwan is a listener-supported podcast, and we wanted to share an update on our matching donation campaign to raise $5,000, which will be doubled to $10,000. The campaign started on November 24th last year, and so far we have raised 66% of our goal that's three thousand two hundred and seventy five dollars of five thousand i wanted to take a moment to thank all of those who have gotten us so close to reaching our goal thank you sujin chan Ni Yong chang sharon chang Mei chen chris chen tim cheng jimmy hong wo cheng shu kaylin kuo Diana Lee, Larry Liao, Mei Ling Lin, Josephine Pan, Lei and Carol Pan, Vanessa Quirk, Ho Chi Tai, Jason Wang, and Chin Chi Qi Yang. Right now, we are only $1,725 away from our goal. You can help us to reach our goal by donating today. And remember, that your donation will automatically be doubled. Just go to TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. All of our donors will get exclusive first listening access to my interviews with Kevin Lin, one of the co-founders of Twitch and current co-founder and CEO of MetaTheory. The Boba Guys, co-founders Andrew Chow and Bin Chen. Chi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who has been inducted into the new york foundation for the arts hall of fame and michelle quo an attorney activist and author of reading with patrick which is a runner up for the dayton literary peace prize and the goddard riverside stefan russo book prize for social justice right i don't know if uh, there's been preparations for if that would happen to the main island of Taiwan, like ha- what they would do to have continuous or some sort of internet connection. Do you know anything yeah, about so, that? Yeah,
0: so uh, the microwave transmission is one. And people there because they are close enough to China. So some people mm-hmm. uh, were uh, and are buying uh, SIM cards from China because they are yes. close enough to receive signal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's the right way to do it because it's a uh, but- in order to survive, right? Survive. Just get connected. Sometimes it's a very Mm -hmm. uh, viable option. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, maybe speaking from a security perspective, do you really want your internet connection to be around China? (laughs) Not really. That's my question I had. True.
1: What's the the risk with that? that? A
0: lot of risk. Uh, First, uh, your traffic uh, will be monitored. Maybe stored, maybe uh, use against you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's you are basically trying to connect to the inside of a brain firewall, and then Mm -hmm. uh, goes out, uh, go out to compare the world. So a lot of things will Mm -hmm. be filtered. That's the case. You mm-hmm. can't use YouTube anymore. <laughs> you yeah. cannot use it. Yeah. you can use Baidu. So
1: that's an interesting con- uh, consideration. And I know that you're a founding member of something called the Taiwan Internet Governance Forum. So these are th- are these the sorts of things that this forum discusses and is? Yes,
0: um, yes. Uh, I know, think uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think a few years ago, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm from, uh, I'm more like a practitioner. Uh, I used to be a practitioner or a startup guy. So we work on fixing the internet or web service all the time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, at the end of the day, we found that a lot of problems uh, really, don't really emerge from the uh, lack of uh, technical capacity. It might be because you need to be compliant with certain laws. And you, you're not really a lawyer, so you couldn't tell which is the right way to do, which is more risky if you want to enter the market. So then we figured out, oh, we should talk to Folks who uh, are decision makers in the government, uh, lawyers or academics who draft uh, laws, <laughs> because uh, it uh, it brings impact to a lot of people. Like the the case of TikTok in the U.S. right now, the discussion is very hot. Yes. whether you want to ban it in government devices or all together, right? So uh, we needed a platform a few years ago, and uh, a couple of us thought that uh, we should establish a Uh, Because Internet Governance is a system inherited from the UN IGF, UN Internet Governance Forum. And because we Mm -hmm. were not part of the UN system, but we could do that Mm -hmm. uh, right away. You don't need to get a certification or authorization Mm -hmm. from the UN to work on uh, Internet Mm -hmm. issues because it is your own problem. So we established that uh, association. So it is the one of the definite platforms to discuss about a difficult question concerning the internet. So for the submarine cables issue, it has been uh, brought into conversation years ago. So uh, I, I think it, uh, it's proved uh, the value of a platform because uh, when we face uh, with a, a case like this in Mazu, it's not everybody is uh, un- unprepared. at least some of the policymakers, or technicians working on internet connectivity, they've been uh, alarmed of the issue way uh, back then. So uh, I think the value of this platform is that we could discuss uh, difficult questions or issues prior to any uh, conflicts. So uh, then the decision makers or uh, stakeholders in the government, uh, if they decide to go one direction, there's uh, support there, there's talent there. And there's uh, enough uh, techno- technical expertise to work on that. And then the rest would be uh, budgetary problems uh, in the government. Yes. So I think that's the value mm-hmm. of uh, Taiwan Internet governance. And we do host mm-hmm. an annual conference, uh, even though mm-hmm. I'm not a member of uh, uh, Taiwan IGF right now. Uh, but uh, we, we, we succeeded in uh, bringing stakeholders from the U.S. like Microsoft. And Google oh, wonderful. to be part of the uh, the annual event. So they all uh, they're all there anyway. Oh, uh, uh, because uh, after three years, I decided I should pass my uh, role <laughs> to someone else. Yeah, so I stepped down as uh, one of the uh, we called it a, a multi-stakeholder action, multi-stakeholder user group. Yes. It's be bit, bit like board member.
1: You no longer hold that position with the Taiwan Internet Government.
0: Yes, yes, but I was one of the. Okay,
1: the, but you are still involved. Yes, but not at that in that position. It
0: established in uh, 2016.
1: I'm just curious, you know, the submarine cables being cut. What does it take for something like that to happen? How does something like that get cut so easily? Because you said it happened in Vietnam and then it happened in Matsu like 25 times in five years. I don't think I can
0: speak for Vietnam, (laughs) but because the (laughs) yeah yeah the maritime situation there is uh, is quite different. It's probably more active there, and they're they're not Mm -hmm. having happy time with. uh, uh, PRC's activities in South China Sea. Mm. So, uh, I, uh, but, but they were seeing a huge disruption with regard to the internet uh, during the Lunar New Year. So mm. the whole nation panicked. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a big thing. You can send a greeting messages to your friends, your families. It's a big thing. It's a big thing, all right? But here in Taiwan, yeah. I think that because uh, uh, Taiwan Strait is relatively shallow, so mm-hmm. those submarine cables usually get cut by uh, boats or bigger, uh, mm-hmm. yes, uh, ships.
1: So arguably easier
0: yes, for them yes, to get. Yes, kick. yes, yes, due to uh, the, uh, the, the, the geographical uh, nature mm-hmm. of Taiwan Strait. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why most of the submarine cables, they don't go through Taiwan Strait. They go to the east side of that, which is the Pacific oh, Ocean. Okay. It's way deeper, oh. so it's mm-hmm. not going to be disrupted that easily. Okay. Uh, by accident, the case in Mazu because uh, 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 the fishing industry along the coast of PRC is pretty vibrant. Uh, that's in yes. a, a good way to put that. So you, okay. you you just can't tell that whether it's been done intentionally or yeah. it's just an accident. But if it happens mm-hmm. uh, twenty more than twenty times within five years, well, mm. as uh, you we we really need to have a backup plan. Maybe just yeah. not just one, maybe two. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. And um speaking of uh internet related things there's also something else in the news about how high-res digital photos of artwork from the National oh. House Museum got hacked, right?
0: Yeah. Um
1: what can you tell me about that?
0: Well, that's basically uh it's uh, I think it's a uh, it also wasn't intentionally leaked out to the world. It's one uh yes. well, the National Police Museum because it's a national treasure. So it's yes. known for uh having lots of uh, antics and uh, national treasures mm-hmm. in, in the museum. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. around uh, 30 years ago, they started a, a project, a big project called uh, um, National Digital Archive Program. So they want to make those uh, national tra- treasures accessible through uh, digital uh, means or formats, which at that time was uh, uh, putting or uploading some images on the internet for people to browse. So mm-hmm. they, uh, the image they uh, to uh, onto the web, of course, is a low low resolution. But on the other side, because uh, it's, uh, they have a special camera or a system that could mm-hmm. uh, take a very uh, high definition, uh, that level yes. of photos of that. So uh, a, a system, uh, because uh, uh, I think uh, based on news report uh, here, he was uh, running out of a storage space. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, he thought because uh, he had uh, the coding, uh, some coding abilities means that uh, he could uh, just uh, buy a server, rent a server like, uh, mm-hmm. on the cloud. So mm-hmm. then he transfers some of the uh, images, original images mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to mm-hmm. that outside server. And because uh. Uh, that server or that service, they, they were not fortified. Uh, so someone out there, uh, arguably from China again, uh, <laughs> uh, downloaded uh, maybe more than one hundred uh, and thousand uh, photos uh, out of the those uh, servers, and I see. and it got circulated and sold yes. on uh, Taobao or one other uh, yes auction side or e-commerce side in china for less than than one usd
1: <laughs> yes i heard that some of the images were sold for less than a dollar but thank you for explaining that because when you hear stories like that it makes you kind of concerned like you know uh there's the national palace museum or if the government's involved with that, like, what is—is uh, is there a problem with their security? But the way that you mm-hmm. explained it, if this employee uh, handled it that way, they were good and in, well intentioned. But when they did that, <laughs> it wasn't uh, exactly secure. So now we can understand
0: why. Yeah, it's more like a, a for for him. It's like like a, a work around uh, solution, smart yeah. and work around <laughs> solution. But but you know, it's, people out there to try to. Uh, hack or steal your data all the time and and if you're a national policy museum, is a high-value target
1: Mm -hmm. yeah thanks so much for coming back on to talking taiwan th
0: sure
1: i've been speaking to th about civil defense in taiwan and recent news stories in taiwan related to internet security next week We'll share part two of my interview with TH about what concerns in particular that Taiwan should have about AI with ChatGPT and Baidu's chatbot Ernie. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988. To learn more about Natoa, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin.
0: Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.